We begin the current daf. Masech this nazar daf mem beis. We begin on the top line of the Yomim. The Gemara returns to dis- discuss and clarify a point that was mentioned on daf mem emeralf from a Mishnah Masech this nagoim. The Mishnah said amamar said over there in that Mishnah, the kulam and all three of them, meaning regards to the nazar, levim and mitzayra, where we said that they have a mitzvah of giluach of cutting off their hair. So the Mishnah said shegilchush loy betarif. Any one of these three categories. They cut off their hair without a razor. Or if they, they don't cut off all the hair, but rather they leave over two hairs, they haven't done anything. And as we said, because they have to shave off all the hair, and that is by Levim, all their body hair, by the Nazar, all the hair on his head, but it has to be all the hair, and it has to be with a razor. So if it's not done with a razor, or if two hairs are left, then that's not valid. Now, on that regard, Omar of Acha Bereder of Ikri says, Zoyse Meres, from this you could say, from the fact that the Mishnah says that, or if they left over two hairs, you haven't done anything, that Rubai Kekuloi Midairaisa, that the halachic concept of saying that we see the majority as if it's the whole thing, then that's a biblical concept. Mimai, where do you see that from that Mishnah? Because Midigali Rachman, the Nazim, the fact that the Torah has to reveal to us by Nazim, by that on the seventh day he should go ahead and cut off his hair. Now the thing is, is that really that pasuk is not necessary. It already says that he cuts off the hair on his head. So why does it repeat it by saying on the seventh day he should cut it off? So the reason is to tell you here by Nazar is where you have to go ahead and cut off all the hairs, again, which is what the Allah of the Mishnah is saying over there in the Goyim. You need a complete taglachas that you can't leave up any hairs. However, the inference is telling us that in general, when the Torah tells you to do something, which it already said, it already said, if you do the majority, it would be like you did all of it. But here, where the Torah repeats, why is it saying, oh, to say that, no, here, Rubikakula will not work, and you have to, have to get off every last hair again, if there's two hairs, which is a significant amount, it's, not, it's like you didn't get off every last hair. But again, for the fact that the Torah has to tell you over here specifically, we can infer, but generally we will say, even on the biblical level, that rubai is kakula. The majority is like you did the whole thing. Now, that on this statement of Rav Achabrida of Ika, Rav Yisibar asked the following question. He said, I don't understand. Hi, this pasuk that you're bringing as the source for this halacha from the Mishnah over there, which is Yigalcheno, which you're saying sounds like you got to get every year off. It's not enough with just the majority, which you want to infer, and that's what the Torah is coming to tell you, because generally, Uba Kukuli would work. But that pasuk, Benazar Tamaiksiv, is written by the parsha of a Nazar that became Tamay, middle of his Naziris. And that's why it says that on day seven, after he purified himself, he goes ahead and he cuts off his ear and he starts over again. Now the problem is, the Mishnah in Mesech this Nagam that we're quoting is trying to say the halacha, that you got to shave off every last ear, even by a Nazar Tahar, that we're saying that two Cyrus of the leftover will be Ma'akiv. And the problem is, the ear doesn't say Yigalchano. How are you learning and explaining the halacha in Mesech this Nagam? By saying that two Cyrus are Ma'akiv, so too by Levim, and so by Mitzayr, but how do we know by Nazar? Because the Torah reiterates and says something, you got to get off every last hair. Now, from there you want to infer, but generally, you wouldn't need to have to. The problem is, but that Pasuk doesn't clarify for the Halacha of Nazar. 
Because Nazar that the Mishnah there is talking about is by Nazar Tar, meaning a Nazar that concludes his Naziris when he cuts off his hair. There we don't have a Pasuk telling you that you have to go ahead and cut off every last hair. So what's the source of the Mishnah? The Pasuk Yigalchen is by a Nazar Tameh, which during his Naziris when he became Tameh, he has to cut off his hair. There you, 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 it says Yigalchen. But it doesn't tell us Yigalchen by Nazar Tar. So that was his question. So the Gemara tells us that Machko Allah b'maravin, Eretz Yisrael in the West, they laughed at this question. And they said, Mechdi, let's see. Nazar Tameh de Betar Menolim. Where do you know? There's two Naziris, there's two Taglachas that we're talking about. Two haircutting. There's a Nazar when he concludes his Naziris, which we always call Nazar Tar, meaning because you could only conclude when you're in the state of Tara. Then there's what we're calling a Nazar Tameh, which means to say, if any time during his Naziris it became Tameh, so he has to purify himself, which takes seven days. Day three and seven, he has the ashes, the part of the throne in him, and then he cuts up his hair and he starts over again. So the question is, by a nazar that became tummy, and then he has to cut off his hair, how do you know that's done with a razor? doesn't say in the Torah. It must be, that you learn it out from the other hair cutting that a nazar has, which is his conclusionary procedures, which is when he's tar, which that, you know, that's from a razor, as we explained in the previous Gemara, either as Rebbe learns it or Tanakama learns it, they learn it from the each source. But wherever you know Nazar Tahar, you would know that that's where Nazar Tameh also cuts his hair with a razor. Now, therefore, in the West, they laughed and they said, So, Lacey, Nazar Tahar, Velelev, Nazar Tameh. Just like we learn out the Taglachas of Nazar Tameh from Nazar Tahar, so too we learn out the Taglachas of Nazar Tahar from Nazar Tameh, which is, Ma Tameh Kishayish Deisayish of Lekulamah, but just like, yes, the Pasagi Galcheno. It's not by Nazatar. It's by Nazatameh. But that Pasuk teaches us that you have to cut off all the hair. You can't leave over even two hairs. If you do, you haven't done anything. Sachinami, here also by Nazatar, which is, yes, what the Mishnah Masechet and the Gaim is talking about. Kishayish, Desayish, Lekulamah. If you leave over two hairs, you haven't done anything. And again, but you're right. Yigalchena doesn't say by Nazatameh, by Nazatar, but that's not a problem because Obviously, we learn that one from the other, as we know, regarding to, regards to the Allah of Tar, of a razor that's necessary to use by the Nazar Tameh. So, too, for Nazar Tar, you learn that from Nazar Tameh, regards to this Allah of not being able to have even two hairs left over. But again, the inference is still correct. But generally, when you don't have a special limud, you'd say Ruba Kukulai is Dairaisa. Now, related to this discussion of you can't leave over more than two hairs to be considered a giluach by the hair cutting of the Nazar. So Baya Baya, Baya had the following question. Nazar shegilach v'shayr shteisars. Let's say Nazar does his hair cutting and he left over two hairs, which turns out you haven't fulfilled your mitzvah of giluach of hair cutting because like we just said, that beisars, if you leave over two hairs, you haven't done the full hair cutting. So he left over two hairs. Now, tzamach roishay. Now, he didn't finish yet. He still had these two hairs. Now, in the interim, the hairs that he cut off grew back. Then, he went and he cut off the two hairs that he originally left over in his first hair cutting. As, as the Gemara explains. In other words, do we say that, wait a second, he cut off all his hair in two stages. First, he cut off all his hair, sands two hairs. And then, let's say a week later, he went and cut off the other two hairs, so now he cut off all the hairs that were there at the time that he concluded his Naziris. Or do you say that no? The first time he cut his hair, he didn't do, quote, giluach because he left over two hairs. Now also when he's cutting off the, off the two hairs, 
he hasn't he hasn't f- filled the giluach because the original hairs grew back. So although he cut off those two hairs, but now he has a whole head of hair. So in in neither act has he done a full giluach. So therefore, maybe it is ma'akiv or it's not. That was a biased question. Bayi Rava, Rava asks a different question. Nazar shigilach Again, same beginning. Another did the hair cutting, but he left over two hairs. Now, then, afterwards, v'gilach achas, v'nasha achas. Then, a later hair cutting, he goes and he, there's two left, he cuts off one, and the other one falls out by itself. Now, what's the halacha? In other words, do we say that since ultimately, the second hair cutting, he only cut one hair, so he hasn't, it's not a, a chashev, it's not a distinct act of giloach, of hair cutting, because taking one hair is not hair cutting, it's just cutting off one hair. And therefore, do we say that since the first time he didn't do an act of hair cutting because he left over two, here also he didn't do an act of hair cutting because he only did one here? Or do we say that no, since at the time when he started to do his second hair cutting, there were two hairs left, so although one ultimately fell out, but he was coming to do an act of hair cutting because it was a significant amount of hair, which is two, and therefore he did a hair cutting, and after that hair cutting, although he only cut one, since the other one fell out, he had... There, were, there was no more here left, and therefore he has fulfilled it. Ma'a, what's the halacha? So on this question of Rava, the Gemara asks, Amalir of Acham Adiftal Ravina says, I don't understand. Gilach Cyrus Cyrus Kamiboyle the Rava? Rava's question was regarding if you're allowed to cut off one here at a time. In other, words, in other words, he says it's pretty obvious that of course this person has fulfilled his mitzvah of Giloch of hair cutting, because since when he started to do the hair cutting, there was a, 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 a shear, there was a measurement of enough hair, which is always two, and one is not considered hair cutting, to be considered hair cutting. So the fact that he cut one here and then the other one fell off, if that fell out, there's no more hair. And the first one is considered, quote, a giluach, a hair cutting, because when you're starting to do it, there were two hairs left. So what's the question? Of course, that would be considered a valid giluach. So Elohim, rather, the Gemara says that what Rav's question was, is nasha achas v'gilach achas ma. What's Allah if he cut all the hair besides two hairs? That's not valid. There's two hairs still left. Then he goes back, and he's, he's about to cut it off. But before he cuts off both hairs, one falls out. And then he cuts off the second one. The other question is, when he was starting to do the giluach, he didn't have two hairs, because one already fell out. So maybe we would say that that's not going to be a valid giluach, because you can't do giluach on one. And the fact that there's no more hair doesn't help, because when you did the giluach, you had left over two hairs. So Amalai, so he answered, that regarding the second version, this is what Ravina responded, says, Giluach ain't kan. There's no hair cutting here, because there's only one here by the time he was, ended up doing it, because the, the first hair fell out. And therefore, and, and the reason is, because sar ain't kan. The reason why there's no Giluach is because there's no hair. No. So Nadi asks, what does that mean? Isar ain't kan. If you're saying that there's no hair, so to the contrary, Giluach yesh kan. So that should be considered that he cut off the hair. He did a Giluach. There's no more hair left. So that Hachikami says, no, this is what I'm saying. Even though that there's no here, meaning, because there were two hairs left, one fell out, and then you cut up the other one. However, you have not done the mitzvah of the hair cutting, and the reason being is because since by the first time you cut, you left over two hairs, so that wasn't the mitzvah of the giluach. And now when you come in to cut off the hair, you don't have two hairs, because one already fell out, and therefore you can't fulfill the mitzvah of giluach because you have to cut a chash of a shir of two hairs and there's no more two hairs left. And you didn't do it the first time, and now you're not doing it either, so therefore you haven't fulfilled 
the mitzvah of Giluach. Now the Gemara continues with the next Mishnah, again continuing on this theme that the, regarding Giluach, but specifically regarding the prohibition, which we're speaking about in this parak Shloisha, meaning there are three types of prohibitions on the Nazar. One of them is, for, it's forbidden for him to cut off his hair during his Nazirs. So this Mishnah clarifies some of these halachas. Nazar chayfif. A Nazar is allowed to shampoo his hair with Nasser, Adama, these were some type of um, earth or, or different type of chemicals that they would use to use for shampoo. Now the thing is that although that when he's shampooing, some of the hairs might come out, but that's what's called Nalacha Dabash and It's an unintended consequence, which you're not trying to get your hair to fall out. Actually, some people are trying to hold on to the hair, but they're just shampooing. You just want it to get clean. So therefore, as the Gemara will explain, the Mishnah is going like Reb Shimon, who holds Dabash in Meskavan, an unintended consequence, his mutter. So though a Nazar can't pull out his hair, but he's allowed to shampoo, although some hair might fall out. So to Umafasvis, he's allowed to go ahead and separate his hairs one from the other. If, let's say, he's running his fingers through and separating the hair strands, again, although some hairs might fall out, that's not his intention, and therefore that's mutter. Ava but he can't comb his hair. Now the reason is, although, again, it's, even if hair is going to come out, it's unintended, but as the Gemara will explain, even Reb Shimon agrees in what's called halacha psik reishe, which it's, if something is inevitable going to be a consequence, then even though it's not intended, that's considered like it's intended because you know inevitably that's going to happen. So though when you shampoo, it might happen, but it's not inevitable. In contrast to when you're combing, it's inevitable that some strands are going to fall out, and therefore that's a violation of the isra of taglachas of a nazah. Now the Gemara asks, however, in the question. The Gemara says, Chayfif umafasvis mani. Who is the town of a Mishnah that says that he's allowed to shampoo and he's allowed to separate the hears? That's obviously Reb Shemini. He says an unintended consequence uh, of a violation is permitted. But then the Mishnah says not, not allowed to comb his ear. So that asan l'rabbanan. That seemingly is like Rabbi Huda, like the Rabbanan, who argue on Reb Shimon and hold that the Dabashim Meskabin is asr. So Reisha, Reb Shimon, Besever, Rabbanon. So it comes out that the beginning of the Mishnah is like Reb Shimon and the end is like Rabbanon. That I'm a rabbi. Rabbi says, no, cool Reb Shimon. The whole Mishnah is Reb Shimon. But, Kol whoever combs, Laheser Nimen Medoldolis Miskavan. The purpose of, of combing is that there are certain strands that are not connected well. And they're very easily removed. And when you comb, you want that. And as the Rosh had explained the Mishnah, that's a sick Reisha. It's inevitable that you're going to be pulling out those hairs that, even if Shimon agrees, is going to be awesome. Now, the next Mishnah continues, in Sikri Bishmolaimer, he argues and he says, He says, you're not allowed to shampoo with Adama, with earth, and the reason being is because he holds that it is considered a it's, in, it's inevitable that is going to pull out the hears, and therefore, although maybe you're not intending, but since it's a psikreshi, it's going to be considered inevitable that you're pulling out the hears, which is forbidden for a Nazar. Now, Ibarilu had the following question regarding the girsa, the text of this Allah of Yerushalayim in our Mishnah. What did we learn in the Mishnah? The wording is that the reason why you can't use this, uh, this earth type of shampoo is because it's going to pull out the hair, and hence they only made this type of earth forbidden because it pulls out. Maybe the girsa is, the text should say, because the mission is teaching us, because of that type which does pull out the hair, in other words, 
they made all types of earth forbidden to use as shampoo because of that type which does pull out the hair. As the Gemara explains, what's the difference in what the girsa is? Either way, you can't use earth. And that the Gemara says, because of, let's say you would find a type of earth which doesn't pull out hair when you shampoo with it. If you say the girsa is, the reason why you can't use this earth is because it pulls out the hair. But where you know that it doesn't pull out here, then that would be valid. But if you say the reason why you can't use earth for shampoo is because of that type which does pull out, then then you can't use any type because that's the problem of then maybe using the type that might do it, which is forbidden. And if the Gemara says, take a letter stand, it's not clear what's the gear, so what was the Allah of Bishmal? Was he forbidding the type that does, but the type that does not, or all types because of the type that does pull out the hair? Now the Gemara continues with the next Mishnah, which talks about these three halachas that were, our, our parak started off with that are forbidden in the Nazar, and specifies regarding how many isurim can you violate when you're doing each one of these three categories, as the Mishnah explains. Nazar Let's say a Nazar was totally disregarding his isab Nazir's and he was drinking wine the entire day. But they only warned him one time, which to get malchus, to get lashes, you have to be warned, you have to have witnesses warning you before you do that, that you're doing a violation, and then you'll get punishment when they testify that you had violated with Hasra. So let's say they said, what are you doing? You're a Nazir. And he's just guzzling away the wine. He's drinking all day. So the Mishnah says, He's only going to be liable for one set of lashes. But, But if let's say that between every act of drinking, they warn him and say, what are you doing? You're a Nazar. And then he drinks a cup of wine. They say again, what are you doing? You're You're not allowed to drink. And and he still drinks the whole day. Then the Mishnah says, Then he's liable actually for every act of drinking. The reason being is because what's called the warnings, they separate each act into another iser, and therefore for each one is another iser that you're going to get a set of lashes for. Similarly, let's say the entire day he's cutting his hair. So since he was only warned one time before he started, so he's only liable for one set of lashes. But But if let's say they keep on warning him after every shear of giluch, they say, don't cut, and he cuts. Don't cut, and he cuts. Then he's going to be liable for every single act of cutting a set of lashes. So too, the other third halacha. Let's say the entire day, he's just busy in the cemetery. He's being metam himself to mason the entire day. If the first time, the, in the morning when he started this Easter, they warned him, only one time. So he's only liable for one set of lashes. But if let's say they keep on warning him, don't make yourself tummy, you're a Nazar. And he makes himself tummy. And then they warn him again, don't make tummy. And then he's metam himself. Then he's liable a separate set of lashes for every time he's metam himself. Now the Gemara continues in Ahmed Bayes and elaborates on this halacha which will call, come in relation to the halacha of our Mishnah, which begins with this halacha of a tum, tumma, which regards to a Nazar. Sayyidina, we learned as follows. Amar Rabba Amar Rav Huna. Rabba said the following halacha in the name of Rav Huna. He said, Mikra Mole Dibra There is a full Pasik that encompasses, and that's what the Rosh learns from the word Mole, meaning that it's like, it's Mamali, it, it, it encompasses everything. When it says in the Pasik Ibn Midbar, and this is in Parag Vav Pasik Zayin, 
where it begins over there, that a Nazar, to his father, to his mother, to his brother, to his sister, he's not allowed to become Tame, as the Pasuk there concludes, to them when they become dead, because he has the crown of Naziris on his head. Now, this Pasuk, seemingly, when it says he's not allowed to become Tame, includes however way he would become Tame, whether it's through touching, or whether through caring, or whether, and this is the main point that Rav Huynh is illustrating, even when he is coming into a bias that the Tame is in there, it's included in Loyu Tame. It says he's not allowed to become Tame from a dead person, no matter how it is. Now, however, continues Rav Huna, but then when the Pasuk, actually the Pasuk before that, says, where all the days that he's in Nazar to Hashem, so then on this, by the, to the soul of a dead person, he shouldn't come. So when it says, so there it's saying that he can't come into the area of where a mess is. Both of these Pesukim are in reference to a Nazar. And seemingly, that's extra. What are you saying lo yavai for? <laughs> well, you already said he's now become Tameh. Who cares how you're becoming Tameh? So on that reference, it says, lahazirai ala lahazirai ala So what's that coming to teach? As Igmar will ultimately clarify this, where if when he's going into the oil hames, into a tent, into a house where there's a dead person in there, and they warn him for two warnings, they warn him, first of all, from Loyavai, which is uh, regards to coming into an area, and they warn him regarding Loyitama. So then he's going to get lashes for two lashes. Since both of these Yisurim come at the same time, so therefore, as, as the statement of Rafun will end, you can't become Tame and then become Tame again, you're already Tame. So, but here you actually get two set of lashes for one act of Tama. Before you come into the house, you can be violating, they warn him for loyatama, not become tummy, and also for loyavik, don't come into an area of tama. So, in regards to loyatama, you can't get two, two violations of loyatama. You're, you're, you're becoming tummy at the same time. But here you could have the prohibition of coming in and of becoming tummy at the same time. Then you're going to get two sets of lashes. And that's why the Torah repeats it when it says loyavik. But then again, that's what Rab is clarifying at the end. But if, let's say, the person was already tummy and then became tummy again, then he's not going to be chayev for two tummies. It's only if it happens at the same time, then you can become tummy. But if you're tummy ready, you can't become tummy again. Now, on that, Rabbi Yisif, that what Rabbi Yisif says to Rabbi, he says, Noholi Kim, which is the Lashon of a Shavuot, take him an oath. He says, Am Ravuna, Ravuna, who you quoted, says, Afila tummy says, no, that even if a person contracted tummy, he could become Tummy again and have another violation. Because the Amr Rav Huna, because he says, I'll quote you a different halach of Rav Huna that will illustrate this. Rav Huna said, Nazar shall ya aimed bebesak faris, and the Nazar was standing in the cemetery, and then they, they, they stretched out to him, they gave him his relative, because the Nazar is actually warned on to becoming Tummy to even his relatives like a Kohen Gadol, or a Mesachor, or some other dead corpse. The Nogabain, he touches it, Chayiv, it's Chayiv. Now the question is, am I? So on that, Rabbi Yisra says, why would Rabbi Huna say that the Nazar would be liable for lashes, for touching that dead person? He's in the cemetery, he's already Tamei. Rather, Rabbi Yisra says, what you could infer from this, that Amr Rabbi Huna says, even if a person was Tamei already, 
he could become Tomei again. So therefore, this is Machlekes where everyone agrees. Rav Huna says that there's a lacha of lo and lo yavoy, which Rabbah says it's only if it happens at the same time, because you can't become Tomei and then Tomei again. Whereas Rav Yosef proves from Allah Rav Huna that you could become Tomei and become Tomei again. Now on that, Eisvi Abaya. Abaya asks from the following Bryce under Rav Yosef. The Bryce says, If a Kain had a dead body on his shoulder, and then they stretched out to him, they handed him either his relative or a different dead person, and he touches it, you would think he'd be liable for becoming Tommy, which is forbidden for a Kain. So that's what the Pasuk teaches you, which actually the gears of the rush is, because you can't be Goyal because that's not talking about by the warning of a Kain becoming Tommy. It's talking about in a different context. Rather, it's the Pasuk of Lehechaloi, which is that he becomes Mechulol, which that says by the warning of a Kain becoming Tameh, where the relevance of this halach of Kain is related to our halach of Nazar, because the Gemara later on teaches us that you learn that the halach is of Nazar from a Kain, from Xeris Shavah of Imoy Imoy. Now, so therefore, the Brisa tells us that this Isra of Lehechaloi is only B'misha in a Mechulol. Somebody, meaning a Kain or a Nazar, that's not already desecrated, he's not Tameh, so him, the Pasuk says, he's not allowed to become Mechulol. So the Bryce says, but that excludes a Kain, who's already Mechulol, he's already Tameh. If he's going to become, quote, Tameh again, he's not going to be violating anything because he's already Tameh. So as Abaya, that refutes Rav Yesus' version of Rav Huna. Seemingly, Rabbi is correct. That all Rav Huna would have said is that, yes, you could violate, let's say, Lo Yitameh and Lo Yavai, if it's happening simultaneously at the same time. But to be Tameh and then become Tameh again, seemingly not. Where it says, it's only someone that was not Tameh. That's the Yisra. So how could Rav Yisra say Rav Huna would hold that even Tumah but Tumah? So on that Amalei, Rav Yisra responded to Abayi, he says, V'tikshalach What are you asking on me, in my version of Rav Huna? The question you could ask on the Mishnah. The non, like we learned in our Mishnah, it said, if a, if, a, if a Nazar was making himself impure to dead people the whole entire day. So the, so the Mishnah said, in the Chai since they only warned him once in the morning, he's only going to be liable one set of lashes. But the Mishnah said, if they said, don't be Tommy, don't be Tommy, they kept him warning him all day. So the Mishnah said, he's liable for each and every time. Now the question is, says Rabbi Yasef back to Abaya. Now why would that be? He's spending all day in the cemetery. Why every time that they warn him is he going to be over a set of lashes? But you just said that you don't say tummy for tummy. If you're tummy, you can't become tummy again, as you're trying to prove in the brisa. So therefore, says Rav Yosef, that you should delete the brisa. In other words, that gets overridden by the halacha, the Mishnah. So therefore, to the contrary, my halacha is actually supported from the Mishnah. Now, alakasha adadi. But then the question is, now you have a contradiction between the Mishnah and the brisa. And that's a reverse of Kasha. That's not a difficulty. Because Khan, the Bryce is talking about Bechiburin. It's talking about when the person is still attached to the dead person. Whereas that's the case that's conceptualized in the Bryce, where he has the dead person on his shoulder. Where there, yes, if they hand him another dead person, he's not going to be Chayv. And the reason being is because he's already Mechulal. And like the Brysa said, that lehi or lehi only applies to someone that's not mechulol. 
and moreover, what's primary is they're not adding anything on to his tum over here. He's the highest level of tum he could be. So that's what it means bichiburin when he's connected to the dead person. He's touching it already. If he touches another, another dead person, then you're right. The Bryce is correct. I wouldn't disagree. Rav Huna wouldn't disagree that then you're not going to say tumah You're not going to be liable for the next set of tumah. But Khan, the Mishnah that's talking about, which supports Mahalacha, that I'm saying in the name of Rav Huna, is Shaloi Bichiburin. It's when he's not attached. When he had already separated himself from the dead person, so although he's Tama, he's Tama for seven days, but then when they pass him another dead person and they warn him before and they say, Alte Tama, don't become Tama, then the Mishnah says that you will be Chayev another set of lashes. And the reason being is because the second time he becomes Tama, there is what's called a Tesefes Tama. There's an added level of Tama that he's getting over here. The reason being is when a person is touching and connected to a dead person, if someone else touches that person, that other person actually becomes tummy for seven days as if he touched the mess himself. Now, but once he removes himself, if the one, the one who touched the dead person is not touching the dead person now anymore, when another person touches him, that other person only becomes what's called tummy Tumas Erev. And therefore, says Rav Yasef, to the contrary, uh, my interpretation of Rav Huna is supported from the Mishnah, and therefore, Rav Huna says, and this is what he took a shvua, that even tumah you could be tameh and still be violating and get a set of lashes for another set of tumah. How so? That's when you're not connected anymore to the dead person. And then you go ahead and you touch another dead person, you're now connected to it. You just got, you contracted a higher level of tumah. What does that mean, higher level of tumah? You're tameh either way. The reason why we define that as a higher level of tumah is because if someone would touch you, the person who touched the dead person now, it depends if you're holding the dead person or not. If you're holding the dead person, that other person would actually become as if he touched the dead person. Tumah Shiva. He would become Tumah for seven days. If he would touch you when you're not touching that person, he would only become Tumah till the evening. And therefore, <clears throat> you're right. The Bryce says you're not going to be Tumah and then come Tumah again. Because that's talking about when you're holding the dead person. You're holding the dead person. You can't become more Tumah. There's no more to higher level of Tumah that you would be getting. But here, in the case of the Mishnah, or the way I'm describing the Halacha of Rav Huna, he's talking about that you're not touching the dead person. You're, you became Tumah. You touched the dead person. You Tumah for seven days. And you're Tumah. So how could you become Tumah again? Because you're contracting a higher level of Tumah. And we see that in regards to someone else touching you, that there's a difference if you're touching the Tumah or not. So since you weren't touching, and now you are touching, now that's a higher level, that if they keep on warning you, al-tatame, al-tatame, every time that you let go of a mess and you touch a new one, then you're going to be chayev for another set of lashes. Now on this, the Gemara asks, the Tumah B'chiburin Is it really true that this concept of someone that's touching a mess, which we're calling B'chiburin, that gives them a higher level of status? In other words, this that you said that if someone is touching somebody who's touching the dead person will become tummy for seven days when that other person is touching the dead person at that time. Is that a biblical halacha? Now the reason is why obviously you're saying it's a biblical halacha because you're saying in your interpretation of the Mishnah where you're saying that that someone that could be tummy already but if we'll get this higher level of tummah he'll be high for another set of lashes, which obviously is a biblical precept. You can't get lashes if you're already tummy. So you're saying that, yes, you're already tummy, but you're getting a higher level of tummy. So that would mandate another lashes. 
that uh, what type of higher level of tummy you already tummy? Oh, higher level of tummy because you see that when someone else touches you, because of when you're bechiburin, oh, you contracted a higher level. So now the Gemara asks, is that really a biblical precept to say that you're going to get lashes for that? But Amr Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Yisrael he said, the Amr Tumah bechiburin. They didn't say this concept of Tumah bechiburin. In other words, as we said, that if a person touches, uh, if someone's touching a mess, and then somebody else touches him. We didn't say that the other person will be considered as if he's also connected and touching the dead person. That was only said in regards to the consumption of truma or kadashim, where we say that for the next seven days, the person who touched the person who was holding the mess at that time can't consume truma or kadashim. And the reason is because the rabbinical, the rabbis have the ability to institute this decree in the, in, in the place of consuming truma kachim, because that's only a positive commandment. But, says Rabbi Yanai, Avalanazir, regarding to be to the Naziris of a Nazir who is not allowed to become in contact with a dead person, or Vaisa Pesach, in regards to stopping someone from bringing the Karm Pesach, who, if he's Tame Lames, can't bring the Karm Pesach, that says Rabbi Yanai, Loi, they did not consider the secondary person. This, the person who's touching the person who's touching the mess, that they did not consider him tummy for that. Now the question is, now if it is, as obviously you're saying, that this concept of tummy b'chiburin, which is if someone touches someone who's touching a mess, as a biblical concept, well then what's the difference? How could the Chacham say that regards to Nazar or making a Pesach, you consider tar if it's a biblical concept? And therefore, biblically, it's like you're touching the mess if you're touching somebody who's touching the, 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 the mess, why by, why by Pesach and Kachim would you be considered tar? So I think my answer is not a difficulty. Khan, Rabbi who made this division regarding Truma and Kachim, where it is considered a Tumma, in regards to Pesach and Nazar, it's not considered a Tumma. That's talking about Bechibure Adam Adam, which is when a person is attached to a person who's attached to a person that's attached to a mess. In other words, you have Ruvain, that's touching Shimon. You have Shimon that's touching Levi. And Levi is touching the mess. There, biblically, the, the Ruvain is going to be only Tamei till the evening. And rabbinically, they said, even though this is a third tier, Ruvain is going to be Tamei for seven days. Pakan, Rabbi Yasef, was Bechiburi Adam Bemes, was talking about when there's only two people involved. The second person is touching a person who is attached to a mess, where you have Reuven touching Shimon. While Shimon's touching the mess, there, regards to everything, you will be considered Tummy seven days, biblically, and the Gemara in Perkim Amidin learns this out from the Pasuk, Kol that someone that's actually touching someone that's touching the mess is going to be considered like he's touching the mess himself, and therefore it's not a contradiction on Rav Yasef. Rav Yasef said that obviously it's like his interpretation, not the way Rabbah wanted to say it, and although the Bryce supports Rabbah, on that Rabbi Yisrael explained, our Mishnah obviously supports his interpretation, where you see that you could continuously become many times chayv and lashes on the same day for being tummy, even though one time you become tummy, you're already tummy. And therefore it's not only as you come in one time, as Rabbah conceptualized it, where you'll be violating lo yitame and lo yob at one time. Now, question is, if you are Tami, so how is it true, the Halacha of Mishnah and Rav Yisra's version of Rav Huna, to be Chayv Tuma again? That's because, as we said, we're, if you're not touching the mess at that moment, 
and then they warn you as you're about to go ahead and touch the mess, which is considered chiburin, that's a higher level of tumah, which, yes, is a biblical concept as we just described. Now, although Rabbiane says divisions in halacha, where if it's biblical, you wouldn't make divisions, that's actually a second tier. That's called chiburi adam ba'adam. We have Reuben touching Shimon, who's touching Levi, who's touching the mess. Then that's actually a rabbinic concept that will only say by Truman Kachim and not by Pesach and Nazar. But when there's only Reuben touching Shimon, who's touching the mess, that's considered Chiburi Adam B'mess. That's a biblical concept. And that's for all years of Allah, the person will be Tame for seven days. And therefore, we see that it's a biblical concept. And that's why you could be Chayev many times in one day if they keep on warning him regarding becoming Tame, because every time that he's not touching the mess, and then he touches the mess, he's elevating his status of Tuma, which is being what's called Tesefis Tuma, and therefore for that itself, they warn him, don't do that, and then if he does, he's going to be Chayiv lashes for every single time.